On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, Dogs Academy product Soren Graverson joins us to talk about his torrid start to the season at William Penn University and about having fun again. Welcome to episode 123 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. As I said in last week's episode, we are incredibly lucky to have this platform to tell the stories of the people involved in this great game. They have surpassed our expectations on almost every level in how open and honest they've been in not just talking about the good, but also the bad. And this week's conversation is the epitome of that. Calgary Soren Graverson has been on a tear at William Penn University. As we record this, the Dogs Academy grad is hitting 395 with 5 home runs and 20 RBIs. I reached out to him after an insane day at the plate on February 23rd. In a doubleheader against St. Xavier and Harris-Stowe State, he hit three homers and eight RBIs. The third home run came with a little emotion. Graverson took some time to admire his handiwork before trotting around the bases there, but there's a lot more to it than just one at-bat, or one game, or one season in his case. The 6'4", 195-pound junior is back to having fun again at the ballpark, but it hadn't been the case for a while after controversy rocked the school he was previously at. At the end of 2018, Indian Hills Community College baseball coaches Cam Walker and Steve Kletke were accused of misconduct, allegedly providing false identities to foreign students so they could work to raise money for the team. The players, including Graverson, weren't allowed to work under the terms of their student visas, with the players who came forward saying the coaches used physical punishment at practice for violations of team rules. Not only did it lead to ramifications off the field, but it affected players on the field as well. In this candid conversation, Graverson talks about trying to bounce back from that, what he's learned about himself through it all, and he offers a fascinating answer to our usual question of what the game means to him. Soren, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Let's open things up talking about the start to the season. Opening week, you have that double header and hit three home runs and eight RBIs in just one day. That had to feel pretty good. Oh, yeah. It was definitely, definitely made an adjustment. Started fisting the ball well, and it was, it was good. Everything was tack coming in right where I wanted it. Talk us through the third home run, because as I as I mentioned off air, there seemed to be a little bit of swagger as you walked uh, towards first base for the first few steps there. Obviously a no-doubter, but that must have meant a little something for you. Yeah, well, obviously I, I try to play with a lot of respect, but at the same time, I got, you know, you got you to gotta let them know. You got to talk with your bat. You know, I don't go out there and I don't... Uh, I don't talk shit with my mouth. I try not to. I try to play my game and and uh, have it be known. So I wanted them to kind of know that I was there and know that I'm, I'm, I meant it. You know what I mean? So kind of like just kind of like a big kind of f you to them, not like the game. And obviously, you're letting the the rest of the division know that you're here to play. Has it been much of an adjustment at all as as you've made your way from one school to your new home? Yeah. Well. Um, Hills um, was good. My sophomore year was I didn't play a freshman year because I uh, had UCL surgery. Uh, I had that redshirt year, but then I played my sophomore year and I thought I, I had a pretty decent year. Um, I saw the ball really well there. We we ended up 
uh, winning 25 games, losing 25 games. But overall, I thought it was a good season. And then uh, last year when I came here to William Penn, I uh, had a very troublesome, uh, troublesome year. I just was all in my head. just couldn't really make an adjustment. I started to struggle a lot. And then by the time COVID all kind of struck down, I was really starting to feel it a little bit better. And by then it was already too late, right? So um, this year it was just, it was nice. I guess it kind of sucks to have that whole year off because of COVID. You know, obviously we haven't played baseball in like 250 days or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but um, having that time off kind of really let me realize that, you know, just kind of focus more on my mental game, not so much the physical part of it. It was good good for me. Is that something that maybe over or understated maybe in the game of baseball is there's so much that you can do physically, but the mental side of it has to play in as well. And so I'm curious, not only to that is how did you overcome that? Was it something that you had to look internally for? Or did you look towards teammates or coaches to kind of maybe help you navigate what was going on, as you said, inside your head? Uh, yeah, well, like I said, uh, the, having the whole year off kind of thing where you had, you kind of had to take a step back away from the game kind of helped me like I I didn't really have a choice to keep you know digging my own grave kind of thing in my head like I had to kind of take a step back but then you know my roommates and my my teammates here you know my my, uh, one of my best buddies here Alexander Fisher really he's helped me a lot kind of smarten up you could say right he he doesn't let me get away with the old um woe is me pity me kind of thing right he just tells me to get kind of my head out of my arse and and just figure it out so like that, that's kind of like the, the thing I needed really was to take just kind of like take a break. And then I had a good friend. So it really helped me. Does it help as well? Obviously, success allows you to have a little bit of fun as well. But does it give you a little bit more joy back into the game now that you're not kind of, I'll call it overthinking it? Absolutely. I, I could not agree with you more there. It also, it makes me, it kind of changed, um, kind of changed how I view the game. I mean, because right now, every time I step on the field, I don't really care who, what, what team we play. But I, I hate them. I hate the other guys in the other dugout. I don't like. I don't have to know them. I just, I hate them for a two-hour, three-hour, seven-inning, nine-inning game, however long we're playing. I, you know, I hate those guys for that period of time, and I just have the utmost confidence with it now. Like I don't have to. Worry, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going up there worried about what they think of me, what I'm going, to, or what other people think I'm going to do, or how my performance is. I mean, if I go for three. The next game, I'm going to get the next one. That's how I think of it. During the the downtime, did you spend a lot of time on the physical side of the game, or did you just sort of dial in mostly on the mental side? Um, through the whole like COVID um, uh, lockdown stuff, I kind of obviously I didn't want to take a break. I don't think anybody really did, but um, I just kind of focused more on lifting weights with my uh, with my buddy back home, Michael Clapperton. Um, he, uh, we just kind of both just took a break, just kind of enjoyed ourselves and, and actually had a summer to be like, have a summer, you know, mm-hmm. not like baseball wise or anything like that. And we, we had like, you know, three good months of just not picking up a baseball. And obviously in like a regular setting, like a regular college setting, three months without picking up a baseball doesn't sound like a good idea. But at the end of the day, I think it really benefited my mental side of the game for sure. I've heard from different hockey players, and I assume the same can be said for baseball as well. When you eat, breathe, sleep the game, sometimes you can get worn out by it. Sometimes you can burn out from it. Do you feel like that might have been a part of what was going on? 
I couldn't, I actually couldn't agree more. Like I definitely was starting, I was definitely waking up and then the first thing in my mind was what, like, what am I doing wrong with this? You know, I'd be looking at videos or something that of my old swings and, you know, you'd just be breaking yourself down or you'd be watching, you'd be watching like uh MLB players or other college players on the TV, like the big D1 guys, you'd be watching them on YouTube and you'd be like, well, maybe I could swing like this guy. He looks like he's doing well. And it gets to that point where you really just like start analyzing everything you're doing for no reason, even though, you know, you could be you could be the best athlete out there, but you still don't believe it. That's kind of where I kind of saw myself is that baseball itself was swimming in my head. I gotta ask. It sounds like you're having fun with the game again. I am. I'm having a blast. Baseball. The thing is, I had to realize, especially too, especially since I'm going to my fourth year of college, is that yeah, it's kind of you're kind of a piece of meat in the industry. You know what I mean? Like, you're kind of very replaceable. You can be interchanged or whatever. But at the end of the day, we all started playing this game and have fun with it, right? So why not make it fun? Mm -hmm. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about the fun side of it, and especially growing up here in Alberta. As I've said in in previous interviews, uh, here in Alberta, here in Canada, you you know hockey's getting all of the the attention. Football's a close second, and baseball's not necessarily top of mind. So how is it that you stumbled upon the game? Do you remember the first time that you said, you know what, this is the game for me? (laughs) <laughs> yeah well um we uh well my brother and i my brother is two years older than i am and uh well 18 months or whatever anyway, he's older but we uh we were playing soccer like as a like four or five years old you know like you know you just kind of run around doing what kids do right mm-hmm. just getting dirty and uh i just remember one day my uh my dad brought us or got us like these cheap uh, gloves and like tennis balls, and we had this we had this uh, we had this big yard out in front in our neighbor's place, and we would just go and we would just throw the ball around, and we were just kind of like just learning ourselves as like uh, five six year old, and then we got these uh, really like cheap metal bats, right, and uh, we would just try to hit. Um, like a fungo, you throw it up and you try to hit it as far as you can. The other one has to go field it. Mm. Like, like absolutely no feel for the game, right? We were just <laughs> just being kids. And then one day, my mom uh, sat us both down. I was like, "You guys got to pick one. Do you guys want to be baseball or soccer?" And then I said, "I said baseball because I didn't know anything, right?" So ever since then, I've been playing baseball for little league. Obviously, you've you've kind of uh, ascended through the ranks, and you go to Dogs Academy, and and you get to take part in that program. Uh, walk us through the that sort of transition into making it uh, sort of the full time meal deal, hoping to maybe make it into a post sec at some point down the line. Well, yeah, I mean, it got to the point where um, uh, I was getting I was taller than a lot of other kids, and like, yeah, I I I would compete, like I was. I felt pretty good at what I was doing for my age. And um, then I, uh, my brother and I joined uh, the Coyotes, the Calgary Coyotes. We joined that with uh, Steve Lloyd. And um, he kind of took us to the next level in the sense that uh, he, like his, the Calgary Coyotes went to like uh, Las Vegas and Arizona, like Phoenix, to go on these uh, little like tournaments. As uh, like, I don't know how old we were, like, I guess it must be like 12, like 10 to anywhere from 10 to 13 or 14, right? Like mm-hmm. in that age group, we would be going all these places and playing all these tournaments. And then that kind of got my brother and I into the next 
um, stage of baseball where it kind of came a little more serious, even at a young age. But it, like the reality is, it does get serious, whether um, you know you like it or not. Mm-hmm. But by the time I was 13, I think around that period, Steve Lloyd um, got us connected with the dogs, and um, and that was kind of, kind of like that's all she wrote. Like I I got I was able to have an amazing opportunity playing field talks dogs. What an amazing program. Still to this day, they're a very amazing coaching staff. And like, I'm very fortunate to have them, you know, be a big part of my story. And, but definitely when the dogs became big in my life is when the overall plan of getting a, you know, an education out of it was kind of where I wanted it to be. And, you know, so it all kind of worked out and I'm, very thankful for all that warm opportunities. I was going to ask about what it's meant to you to have that sort of in your back pocket and to have the coaching staff there to be able to to build those relationships and friendships with teammates, all those kinds of things that uh, kind of come along with the the process of, of being a part of a program like that. Oh man, you, the, the uh, relationships and everything like that you create just go on forever, right? Like my one of my best friend back home, you know, we we like. We met at Coyotes, but we, we've played together pretty much since we were, you know, 10 years old, 8 years old, up till when we left to go to college, thanks to the dogs. Like, we were always on the same team. And, like, everybody that I played with, I, I played with the same guys for seven years, pretty much, six, seven years, right? And, um, wait, that doesn't sound right. Around there. No, I think five years. And, um, yeah, so I played with, you play with the same guys, and you, you get the you get to see all these same coaches and they get to watch you and, you know, they, they grow up with you. Right. So like they all, they all start to watch how you perform and how you um, grow. And it's just, I don't know. It's just one of very, one of the luckiest things I've ever got to experience in my life is definitely the dogs organization. And then you move on to Indian Hills. And while you had some success there, it also came with a major controversy at the end of 2018, uh, how do you look back on your time there? Oh, yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was very fortunate again because I did go there with a lot of the dogs guys like Ryan Humniak, uh, Justin King, uh, Sean Matchuk, You know those those guys that I already knew um, were there, so that helped me kind of get in like uh, integrated kind of mm-hmm. into the school. But it was definitely not what I was expecting. Obviously, junior college can be known for its ups and downs. You know, a lot of a lot of ups and downs. And obviously, our first year there, my freshman year, the coaching staff got fired, except for Jordan Camp. Obviously, all of us had to be involved, and then we had to get the coaches, and then we lost all our recruits. And it was just the you kind of like Indian Hills kind of you kind of lost the side of baseball towards all the drama you know what i mean right. it was definitely not the like it was i'm very thankful for people like jordan camp the hitting coach and that now he's the head coach for south western junior college here in iowa but he is one of the most amazing coaches i've ever had or ever got the chance to meet in my life like he took me under his wing and he did a lot for me but it's sad that the way that program kind of died out really kind of tarnished what camp was doing for everybody. So I'm glad he's a head coach now at the end of the day, but 
that program really just wasn't what I was expecting and really wasn't what I was hoping for. There wasn't really a lot of baseball. There was too much drama. And it just wasn't about the baseball. It was about trying to get it over with to a lot of people, right? So. And then you end up at William Penn. How's that transition been, and, and how have you enjoyed your time there so far? Oh, a complete 180 uh, switch, right? Like, you get here in your tree like royalty. William Penn is definitely an amazing elite um, program, uh, amazing education. Like, the facilities are top of state of the art. You know, you have you have trainers, you have uh, lifting coaches, you have just everybody at your disposal here. And, like, you go, you go year-round and everything like that, like, just a complete 180 from the drama side of baseball, if you know what I mean. Like, obviously, the facilities are state-of-the-art in the NFC, so you still can play the baseball part of it. But you were able to focus more on being a student-athlete instead of being, you know, kind of a, a highlight of drama mm-hmm. to the nation. You know what I mean? It was just definitely just very refreshing coming here. When you look back on this career, there's been a lot of ups and downs, obviously. I want to focus on the ups for a while and, and maybe some of the highlights. What sticks out for you over your time as being those moments of, wow, I can't believe I got to do that? Um, Definitely Oak Tokes Dogs is definitely one of the best decisions me and my family has ever made. Um, definitely being getting a chance to play for the junior national team, Team Canada, the U18 one. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a cool experience. Spent a year there. Didn't didn't make the uh, um, World Cup, but it's still just definitely one of those experiences that you you'll never forget, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, getting an education and being a being a, a college athlete is just a different experience and one of those experiences that you never really think that you would want to go through. In like the sense of just how rewarding it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the highlight of my career, just especially where I'm at right now. It's a highlight, for sure. And I know that when uh, you were at Dogs Academy, you probably saw some of the alumni roll through and they probably offered a few words of advice on how to get to that next level or how to make it in college or whatever the case may be. And so when you do come back and you get to talk to some of those kids who are just going through the grind now of Dogs Academy, what kinds of advice would you offer to them? Um. Well, I had two different sides to this opinion here. Um, one, it would be my experience was everybody's experience is different, right? Like it depends what kind of guy you are or how willing you are to learn or just how stuck up you are as like if you're not coachable. You know, it's just however you come in, your your experience is going to be different. I mean, obviously my experience and everybody who went to Indian Hills with, with in my class, our experience was a little bit more challenging than your typical experience, right? Mm-hmm. But, and another thing on the other side of that is just like you have to just whatever experience you get, you got to try to enjoy it as best you can and just take advantage of everything you get. And the other thing I want to say is, we're like, especially for freshmen coming in to a new program who obviously come from, like, a, like the mistake I made is I came from Oak Oaks Dogs, which is a very good academy, to Indian Hills thinking I was hot shit, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. Like, it was, I was immediate wake-up call that got shoved right back down my throat right like like my attitude everything was just wrong so the, my best advice i can give to anybody going to school is shut up and listen do what you're told 
right? But enjoy every step of the way. Sounds like you've learned a lot about yourself through this process as well. You learned a lot about the politics. You learned a lot about the 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 inner workings of baseball, but you also learn about your own uh, ability to come back and be resilient and all those kinds of things. Cause it probably could have been pretty easy for you to just hang them up and say, you know what? I don't think this is for me anymore. Yeah. I'll be lying if there weren't multiple times throughout these last four years in college that I sat down and looked in the mirror. I was like, you know what? Is this even worth it? There's definitely at least twice where I even made the phone call to the parents being like, and I get out of here. But those are the moments where those are the best kind of moments because you, know, you have to really just look. At, you have to really bear down and look at yourself. And would you want to be known as the guy who couldn't do it, or do you want to be known as the guy who did it? Kind of thing for me. That's kind of how I got through that. Even though, like everybody's gonna have, like I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, you're gonna have those moments of weakness, right? Mm -hmm. or you're just like you don't think you can do it but at the end of the day i did it now oh like you're there's nothing wrong with being human in that aspect like you don't have to do everything i don't know at the end of the day i just wanted to be the guy who did it not the guy who quit how proud of yourself are you for doing what you've done and and again to that point of being able to come back from some of the the downfalls of it to especially when you look at this year for example and and the way that you've started off this spring uh it's got to feel pretty good how proud of myself am i um i i'm oh that's a tough question i would say i am proud of myself but i don't like it's not enough you know what i mean like i want to I would be proud of myself if we won the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So as of right now, I'm content with everything. I'm, I'm content with where I am and where my team is and what we're doing. But as of right now, it's like, I want to, like, you know, you end up, you just, you're hungry for more. If you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So right now I don't, I, I am proud of my team and where we are and what we've done and what we've been able to accomplish the last two years, especially through COVID, but we're not done yet. Fantastic stuff. Well, final question for you here, Soren, as I always ask, what does the game of baseball mean to you? What is a game? Oh, that's a good question. Hey, game of baseball. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I was not expecting that one. What I want to answer to that question is the game of baseball doesn't mean anything to me. I think the game of baseball is like almost like a father figure. Like it, like it's not about what baseball means to me. It's about what I mean to baseball. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like baseball, this whole experience throughout the dogs, the whole high school, all of college. I mean, going into Indian Hills, I was, you know, just a, a small, you know, 170 pound kid knew nothing. Right. And then I came out of Indian Hills, you know, 200 pounds and, like uh, in two years is the transformation of, of how like my morals and, and my maturity and everything just a huge 180 turnaround, right? Like baseball has taught me so much in my life. It's not about like what it means to me is what I mean to it. You know, that, does that mm -hmm. make sense to what I'm trying to say? At the end of the day, it's just a game to me, but at the same time, it's, it's taught me everything almost like taught me, the person I am. It's hard to explain 
that I don't obviously want to say that baseball means nothing to me. That's mm-hmm. not what I mean. It's just it's, I don't owe it anything, if that makes sense. Owe it in my life. Like, I have people in my life that I owe a lot to, but I don't owe baseball anything. But it has made me definitely the guy I am today. Such a fantastic outlook, and I actually really appreciate that answer. Soren, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast, and all the best as we uh, forge ahead with the 2021 campaign and much, much more. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good one. Thanks again to Soren Graverson for joining us this week. And as always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast provider of choice so you don't miss a moment of the action. And if you can, leave us a rating and review as those actions help spread the word about what we're up to. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.